0: What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome to episode 17 of the Fuel for Football podcast. I am your host, Sanchez Bailey, and we're doing something very differently today. I've got the guest right here on Zoom right now, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna call you a you know a teenage sensation, you know who has uh, hit the academy football um, with a storm from Tramware Rovers, and he is now with the Swansea Under 23s, working his way into the first team. I'm joined today by Ali Al Hamadi. How you doing, my guy?
1: Yeah, good to be here, man.
0: Nice one for having me. Yeah, good to hear from you. Um, I don't know if you was hating because, um, you know, uh, or whether you really thought it was a bad game today. We're talking after the Arsenal Man United game. So was it hate or did you really think it was boring? <laughs> nah, nah,
1: it was just a boring game. Just not, not much was going on. I mean, i made up for four years. I don't have a problem with Arsenal. You know. If anything, I'm happy. I don't, I United. You know, but um, nah, it was just, just boring game, man. Nothing going on. Got, Got you. At the, back of the points, I
0: think. <laughs> Fair enough. And so, just a little bit more of a background on you. You're you're from Liverpool. You know.
1: Yeah. So um, I was originally born in Iraq, but moved over to Liverpool when I was very young, um, and lived there my whole life. So yeah, I'm a Liverpool born. Then.
0: Got you. And how how's football going on for you this season? You know, um, how, how how's it going?
1: Um, yeah, it's been a weird start. So uh, came back obviously after lockdown um preseason, it was a very short pre-season, so we didn't get to do much. Um but obviously we've been keeping fit over lockdown and getting some programme and, and stuff like that. Um and yeah had, had a good pre-season, started the season off well. Um played Cardiff, scored in that game. And then unfortunately in the second game played Bristol City and had a um, back fracture, a pass fracture. Um so I'm looking at about 12 weeks now on the sideline. So um yeah, it was a bit frustrating, but obviously, like I've said before, i just got to stay positive now and hopefully get back first and, and get back into the team and stuff.
0: Yeah, sure. And, you know, unfortunately, I guess with the restart and how the intensity of the, the league has started for many, injuries have been picked up from a lot of footballers. And just speaking to you off the, you know, off air and stuff, like you've taken it in an empowering you know a uh, manner in terms of you recovering and making sure your body's right for you know the, the senior level football so um, i'm really hoping that you know you continue continuing that stride and i'm looking forward to seeing you know the bounce back
1: yeah no yeah of course uh, i am always thought about was that the injuries that i picked up recently are, are quite um quite weird injuries kind of I call them like freak injuries but it's stuff that i'd rather have now than later on in my career because it helps me you know, sort out my body now, get it strong, get the stuff I need to get sorted out. And yeah, just like I said, just taking a positive way and work on other things that maybe don't have time to work on while I'm training. Yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. I respect that. And if for those who are listening and follow the Fuel For Football page, they might recognise your face, <laughs> you know, um, and that's because of a video that kind of went viral within English football um, that you put out last week, you know. Um, Let me not speak too much and speak for you regarding that. Like, what was that video about? What made you want to speak about it? And we can go from there.
1: Yeah, um, so it it was weird. I'd never really done anything like that. Um, But you know, we were in training on on the day and just heard about a a, obviously a young fellow footballer called Jeremy Wisdom passed passed away Um, and you know, one of my mates ran me up and just said, oh, have you seen the news? So I was just a bit shocked about it all. Um, so obviously, I, as I found out a bit more about it, we found out that it was to suicide. Um, and no, when I went home that night, I just felt really weird and felt like I had to say something and maybe just just anything just kind of get it off my chest because during my scholarship, um, also the journey was at um, Swansea as well, at threw so I you know, got, got to know him a little bit. And... Um, and yeah, so during my scholarship, I, I faced a bit of a tough time mentally. Um, nothing nothing sinister, but you know, it's, you face your challenges as a young footballer moving away from home and, and, and facing all the other challenges that come of it. So it's kind of just putting it out there to say that, you know, it's not just, you don't need to feel weird or feel different if you feel those type of emotions. And especially as boys and as men growing up in, in society, it's hard sometimes to voice it. When you when you're not feeling so well or when you're struggling a little bit, um, so that was kind of the whole thing. I I was not expecting it to get the amount of you know attention they got or whatever. I was literally just putting out there, you know, to help one person. I would have been grateful, but it was just nice to see it was a bit overwhelming to see um the amount of people that got in touch and said, you know, this has helped me a lot, and I don't feel as alone because I know that other people go through it and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really overwhelming, but I'm glad I had the I'm glad I done it.
0: Absolutely, and I think what you've you said individual as well is, is a key word in normalising, you know. Um, we have a great opportunity of normalising to become a bit more of a theme now with COVID, knowing that every single person in this world is going through um, some of the changes that COVID has brought, but you know, even shifting I guess now into the mental health side of things, this is a problem with normal human beings as well, but with football, um i guess one of the things that is a bit of an obstacle is the expectation that you guys are okay you guys are doing well you know you got your earning and you get in the limelight you're almost doing your passion as well so the expectation of a footballer is more like you're fine you know collect your how much you're gonna get a week so i guess that can be one reason why a player may feel like they shouldn't voice themselves out you know or even express some of the things that they might be going through but from your experience you know not really from me it's great to have you on because you even mentioned some tough times you experienced so how did you handle it back then and if you kind of kept it to yourself what kind of made you do that and what prevented you from being able to share it if, if that was the case um
1: so obviously i moved from one at the time and you know, I had a lot of expectation, you know, family, friends, um, you know, kid coming from from Tramio and Swansea, it's a big thing. So it was just living with all the expectation and pressure of people. Um and then, you know, when I come to Swansea, I'd gone from, you know, performing very well with Henry out. to, you know, my phone dropped, uh, started playing a bit more inconsistently. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, come from training one or two times or three times a week to training every day gym program, and um, again, like I said, our know, video, nutrition, recovery, and um, all these other things that you know people don't get to see behind behind the scenes. So first year was really tough because it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, and I just don't feel like I had enough support or had enough. Um, what's the word? I didn't know what I was kind of getting into. I didn't get enough information background or whatever so and and to be fair it's not not as if you know Swansea were bad with anything or that, that's just something that happens I'm sure at every other club and um, where you play a away from home and, and just does not expect so I kind of I kind of had a lot of low days a lot of down days where you know I doubted myself and um, no confidence as low. Um, and, you know, as, long as you had, you know, you set up, just like every club, you set up, you know, workshops for like, mental health and, you know, speaking out and stuff. But I think as a player, you don't really, never really take them things on. Um, and you'd rather it be a bit more personal than, than a professional, formal thing. You'd rather, you know, someone just come and say, you know, we're a coach or, you know, we your eyes here, what's going on. Um, so, yeah, that was it really. Not nothing sinister. Again, it was just dealing with the expectations and dealing with the new challenges and stuff. And, you know, after my first year, I think second year, I went home in the summer, reflected on the season and came back with a really fresh mindset and become a lot more consistent and just a lot more focused, a lot better at dealing with mistakes. And yeah, I've just carried I've just carried on from from there really.
0: Now I appreciate you just being so open and, and you know, honest. Now you mentioned kind of two different phases that you were in and that's kind of a big shift, you know, from you having a bit more of a challenge and you now changing your approach, changing the way you handle challenges, mistakes and stuff like that. There's something that you've started adopting recently, but what's been one of the things that you would kind of say has been responsible for the shift in mentality?
1: Yeah, so um, I started meditating um, halfway through my first year, maybe towards the end, like last stages of the season. Um, because, you know, again, I find, me home. I find myself coming home and just find it really hard to switch off, you know, just replaying things in my head from the day, from the training, from the games, from what people have said, from, you know, little situations that, that you know, people might not have thought of the matter, but to me it obviously hit, hit quite hard. Um, so, you know, when I went home then, I found meditation, well, actually I started doing it in the mornings and then when I come back from training, so... In the mornings, I'd do it with an uh, intention of, you know, going into the day with a fresh mindset of, you know, letting go, just kind of going into the, the day fresh. And then when I'd come home from training, it was kind of just releasing all that anxiety or stress or whatever it was that was playing on my mind. Um, and just trying to relax and just switch, switch off from football completely because that's something I find quite hard to do. Um, because just because just I care so much and just because I'm so dedicated to the path. Um and yeah, so so then when I went that summer, I just carried it on. Um, again, when you come away from something, you can't really see it when you're in it, but when you come away from something, from from, from say the half season, you come look at it from a more constructive point of view and just say, you know what, actually it actually wasn't that bad, and you know I have got through it, I've got through a whole year of that, and that's only gonna put me in a better position coming back for the for the season after. Um, so yeah, that, that was massive to to help me, you know, mentally and, and dealing with that side. And, I've carried on, so I still do it. Normal, It's not every day, I do it every other day.
0: Yeah, you can tell me your thoughts on this, and and like I, I'm glad that you mentioned something like that. What I want from this episode is not for the. It's almost like, you know, let's just say someone bottles up something, and you just, or maybe the shy person in the room, you just get, you're forcing them to become outspoken and stuff like that. Sometimes it's not always you voicing and and um, expressing yourself sometimes it's almost just disassociating yourself from the scenario for a moment being alone with your thoughts mm. and slowly developing a rational form of thinking you know for instance i'm going to give an example of yourself you know you you've become injured um it's not a muscular tri- injury it's not a contact in terms of like someone fouling you kind of injury it's a bit of wear and tear but also mechanical in terms of you know yeah you mentioned about what caused the injury and you've taken it, you know, it's disappointing you're out for 12 weeks, as you said, but you've taken it in a way where, do you know, I want to use this time to mechanically develop my body to strengthen myself, you know, and for an injury, someone being out for a period of time that could easily just like derail someone, you know, in terms of losing confidence and etc. But you've taken that, been alone with your thoughts, able to rationalize and, now become empowered you know so yeah. yes it's speaking out and we'll get to that a little bit more as we as we keep going but it's also just being able to have a moment to collect like, collate and look at whether you know there's the different opportunities and solutions for you to to kind of work to a uh, uh, solving a problem yeah i think
1: with that it's it's, it's a weird thing that's kind of counterproductive nowadays, you know, we've got so many things to distract us, you know, you've got your phone, you've got your TV, you've got this, you've got that, and there's so many things that distract you from, from being you know with yourself, and, and it's kind of a counterproductive thing, because people think that that's helping, or that's yeah. maybe, you know, getting rid of the problem, but if anything, it makes it work, because you're just delaying the inevitable, which is, when you go to bed at night, or when you just have a moment to yourself, all those thoughts are going to come back to you. So that's why I think meditation has been really important to me because it's inevitable that you're going to be with your mind at some point in the day. So you're going to have to sit there, look at your thoughts, you know, experience that feeling. And then you can do one thing, you can react to it or you can take it in a constructive way and, and work, work with it. Um, so I think yeah, I think it's a misconception all days that, oh, yeah, you know, go out, do something, just forget what it is. Mean, really, you know, you can feel sad, you can feel anger, you can feel the emotion, but then, after a while, you have to sit with it and just kind of find a way to, to get past it or to do something about
0: it, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned, you know, the phones being distractions. A massive way of how phones can be a distractions is because it opens the worm of comparisons. You know, we can even talk from just a humanistic point of view where you're looking at someone who has maybe an image of doing better than yourself or being more successful or maybe even better looking. I'm talking about from a superficial point of view, but even just from a footballer's perspective, there's so many footballers out there. Some have great form, some have not so great. And you being um, forced with challenges, like can make you start comparing yourself to others and that derails you even further. So I I really appreciate the fact that you've mentioned that meditation and it doesn't have to be meditation for everybody but an opportunity for you to be with your thoughts and and work to a solution so i'm hoping that that's a message out there that people can kind of start considering and start slowly implementing time where you kind of collect your thoughts and be a bit disconnected so yeah appreciate that man um another thing like we spoke about personally between me and you as well and something that i've tried to push out was so crazy is that i done a podcast episode last week on recovery, sleep, but then also the supporting system, so the people around you. And this is before I even heard the news. So, you know, I just felt like it it was at a point of the season where your support system is going to be important. And if you haven't got one, you know, start slowly thinking about creating one. And the reason why I say that is because in that episode, I mentioned how it's important for you to positively communicate as well as communicate the negatives or the the challenges as well you know like yeah Yeah, Uh yeah, so like how many times you know you've been in a football scenario so you can relate how many times when you ask a player how they performed you probably hear the negative first Mm -hmm. you know is that something that yeah Uh yeah go on
1: Especially being in an environment that we're in, I think, especially gym footballers, because I don't think it's from, again, from a, a militia point of view or, or a sinister point of view, but as coaches and as staff, they're trying to make you the best player you're trying to possibly be, so again, it's, it's kind of, like, like I said, it's kind of a counterproductive thing, but it, it's kind of always pointing out the negatives and, you know, you need to improve on this, you need to do this, you need to do that, no, this isn't good enough, this isn't uh, good enough which is kind of because, you know, as a play sometimes you just need to hear that, you know what, you really, you really got to do this, keep doing that, um, keep doing this, I can see you improving at this, I can see you working hard, I can see. So, so again, like you said, I think, especially in a football environment where, as you get to the high level, you're picking on really little things to try and improve that and, and work on your game. Uh, it can become quite hard to, you know, throw positive things in there. And so, like you said, I've tried to start when I look back on my own games or on my own clips. I point out a lot of the positives as well, so I'll have two sections going on. Positives and, and, I don't like to say negative, I just yeah. like to say stuff to work on or stuff to improve on. Um, and, yeah, again, in, in the world of football now, I think it's it's important, especially, in the t- you know, at the end of the day, we've, we're lucky to, to be playing football and, and, and to be doing what, what we like doing in, in such a weird, you know, such a weird time in a world. At one point, no one was training, no one was playing. So I think it's always having that, as well as the negatives, always going back to the positive things, which know is hard sometimes, but just reflecting on the positive things that, that that come with it as well, not just the negatives.
0: For sure, and that's something that I really encourage. Just even the communication between the support system that I'm hoping. From the followers of the podcast is slowly starting to to consider creating, you know, um, and now it would be good to get your perspective in terms of what can be done to slowly improve the dynamics of you know being able to to manage stress and challenging scenarios because sh- basically depression is long term stress so it's it's really addressing the stress and the challenges as as early as possible you know, normalising was one thing that you mentioned as well, but what do you think should be implemented or what do you think would be solutions for players to, to to not feel a certain way by speaking about maybe some of the challenges and some of the positive that go on? What do you think could be something that can resolve that? Um, I
1: think so. <laughs> We're in like a sport. it's in most sports as well, but football is really sometimes pushed to be the be all and end all, and it's so pressurized and and it's so made up to be such a serious thing, which of course is because you know it's our job and we're getting paid to do it and all that stuff. But there needs to be a sense of enjoyment about it, and we need to create environments where it's up. You know, there's nothing wrong with working hard and, and making mistakes and, and mm-hmm. pressures and challenges. That's what that's what it's all about, and that's how we like it. But at the same time, there needs to be a sense of enjoyment. Um, and I think, for me especially, I, I don't know whether this could be a long-term solution or whatever. And um, like I said, I think, you know, the PFA and the FA and stuff do massive work on, you know, mental health workshops and coming into speak to people. I, I spoke to, I don't know, you know, uh, Leon McKenzie coming you know, comes in to do workshops, spoke to him and, and he helped me quite a lot with, with stuff like that. Um, but I think it's just... It, it doesn't need to go that far. It's it's literally just little things that will that come long way. It, it could be just your coach spot you, you know, it, it kind of just seeing people for people as people and not just footballers. Yes. So maybe a coach or a staff, you know, yes. if see senior you down cannot come over and say, you know, on to, you okay, know, put an arm and you know, do you need anything? Do you need any help with anything? Um and I think that's it really. I don't think there needs to be anything special or anything crazy. It's just I think coaches, staff, anyone within a club needs to be able to spot indicators and be able to see change in behaviour, change in training, change in you know confidence and, and stuff like this. So then they can take the action for themselves to just say, you know, are you okay? If, if you don't want to speak to me, can I refer you to somebody that you may be more comfortable to speak at? But um yeah, I think I think a coach who strongly called Matty Jones um was a big support for me in my fit in my second year and he was really good at doing that. So He'd always come over, have a laugh. He didn't need anything. Right? if I was feeling down after a performance, you know, sit down, look at the clips, and so I think it's just having that relationship, like that good relationships within within your team, within your club, um, because it comes a long way. Because at the end of the day, people we're just people. We're not we're not any stupid human. We've got feelings. We've got emotions. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I think. anyway. yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's definitely. You know, something that moving forward, like even if you think of some of the some of the managers that are well loved by some of the players, you think of like a Carlo Ancelotti who's known as being a man-manager, you know, who who cares and not someone how the family's going. And I, I've heard about Mourinho at times with Chelsea with some of the closer players, more of the pioneers at the club. But um, that's when you do seem to get some of the best out of the players when there is that, that, uh, that, relationship where it's an open environment it's kind of less professional as well in a sense where it's not just focused on the football it's about the human as well so i do think there isn't a bit of an onus on coaches however i do feel like do you feel like there's yes there's responsibilities from the coaches but do you think that there's this is just a question by the way it's not leading how much responsibility do you think teammates and players should take on in, in the similar role to what you mentioned?
1: Yeah, nah, 100%, and I, I completely agree with that because, again, we're just people. And I think within football, um, you have a lot of teammates. You know, teammates come and go, players come and go. Um, but I think between players, because we know what the challenges are and the challenges that we face, I think as teammates, you have, always have a responsibility um, within your team to check on people, you know, to see if you know you're doing all right, training games. You know, it, it's not from, from being in a football environment, it's not hard to spot when somebody's down. It's not hard to spot when somebody's got a change in behaviour because you know you're in with these people like if anything you spend more time with these people than you spend with your family and friends. So you know you learn behaviour, you learn how people react to certain stuff, you learn how people are feeling. And um, so I think again as teammates and as, as players we do have responsibility a lot to check on each other. Um, and it's kind of a weird thing because at the end of the day, everyone, no matter how much people say, it, everyone's obviously concerned about themselves and worried about themselves. Um, but yeah, I think I think that that is true. I think we do have, if if anything, a bigger responsibility to be to be checking on each other and to yeah. you know to to have that connection between players.
0: And I'm going to challenge that that mentality, not necessarily from yourself, but. You know, when you said that everyone should care for themselves and yes, massively, because there's some instances where I would encourage that. But there's some instances where you have to realise, not you, but um, it is a team sport and the success of your team can be literally dependent on the success of someone's emotions or their experiences with challenges. So as we were just speaking, I think maybe this could be uh, slowly implemented in football where it's a bit more of a captain's uh, responsibility to just make sure that some of the players are checked, checked in on, maybe implementing a little bit more of a, a safe haven moment where you can speak with players um, you know have a little bit more intimate sessions with them and, and I'm saying it's all vague, but you know maybe with a bit more thought I could actually create something just knowing from what I know as well but I definitely think there could be a bit more of a an effort and what can I suggest? You heard about all the players agreeing to take the knee. So there is great success from when players actually do communicate with each other, whether it's cross teams, you know, uh inter-league relations. Like then the players taking the knee is a player agreement, you know? So players can communicate. And so I definitely think that can be a, a thing that can develop amongst players. You know, so
1: you look, you look at all the best teams in the world right now, you know, obviously Liverpool coming first, yeah. <laughs> um, but you think of that, you know, the relationships between the players and everything seems to just be, you know, every, all the players seem to get along, seem to be working for each other, um, smiling, you know, all, and I think you see that with a lot of the top clubs. I don't know, that's just obviously that a personal observation, but I think, again, that does translate into success on the pitch when you have that, off your relationships and, and bond and, and
0: experiences with each other. Yeah, for sure. And again, I just want to reinforce the message actually, like being in that team, do not let your teammate, you know, can you uplift your teammate? Can you make sure that you're supporting them along the way, asking questions and probing, because your, your teammate can be dependent on your success as well. Don't want to ever ignore the challenges that football does Um, Bring and you know, so we we did lose a young man who was fighting for his professional career, you know, and it can be quite Depressing when you know that you're not maybe getting closer to the goal um, Or to the dream and I definitely want to reinforce the importance of having that support system that you do communicate with positive or negative, you know, you you never want it to become a negative negative. Um, only conversation because that doesn't necessarily empower you all the time so keeping it positive as well as um, the more challenging circumstances and thank you for taking time out to, to um, help me reinforce that. Moving on to yourself now like a lot of things have been going well for you you know you're, you're 18 you know you've you made your debut for the under 23s of Iraq you've, you've um, chosen to maintain your you know, commitment to to your country as well, you want to put them on the map. But just let's just say for this season, what what will be a good successful season for you?
1: Um, so, you know, at the start of the season, every player has goals, um, or I'd like to think so. So, before the season starts, obviously, I wanted to hit double, double figures because that's something that I haven't done yet. And um, you know, since I've been a Swansea, obviously, first year, I struggled, second year, I got into. Close to it, but this year I wanted to make sure I hit double figures. Um, so, from my point of view, it's kind of a goals perspective, and I'm just getting as many goals as I can. Yeah. Um, And again, obviously, at this point now, the first team, uh, you know, the clubs obviously went down and stuff, so there's an opportunity to, you know, maybe impress, train with the first team, um, or at least, you know, train and, and put a word you know, put a positive way to the first team staff and stuff. So, you know, they come to watch all our games and and keep uh, feedback on us and stuff so for me yeah personally my main goal this season was to get into double figures and and maybe then get some some opportunity to train the first team and be involved
0: yeah that sounds like a, a very good and realistic um target for you now and and you've scored already
1: um, yeah I scored in the first game of season off the bench and yeah obviously second game uh done my back halfway through the game and then played again the 90 minutes through it so um you know, the two games after that it was kind of just I wasn't moving correctly, wasn't playing too well. Um but I had no I had no worries about it. I'm, I'm, i was confident and yeah, it's just frustrating to be hit so so early in the season, but I'm I'm, I'm sure I will get to that goal
0: lovely and you've got the ball rolling and you're and you're sharpening the tools for your return and so um ali appreciate you just taking time on a sunday evening which meant to be chilled and you're talking with me um thanks again and i'm sure we'll probably have you on here again once um, in the future um yeah essentially enjoy the rest of your week um we'll be in touch for sure and again thank you for your time man
1: yeah, of course, man, thank you for having me. I've, I, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing for people, you know, on your page and stuff, the field football page, and I've listened to your podcast for, for a little while. Now. So, yeah, man, nah, thank you for having me on, and hopefully, hopefully the messages on here today can help a few people, and, and yeah, hopefully speak soon again when they show.
0: Absolutely, appreciate that. And Ali essentially closed the podcast for us there. So hopefully the message is really reinforced to you guys in terms of being able to speak and being comfortable and slowly work towards being comfortable to speaking about the positive as well. Um, The challenges is something that you shouldn't also keep to yourself. You know, it's about you being communicative and just being um, comfortable in being open. You know, that's one of the, the things we wanted to encourage today. I hope it really added value to you guys. Um, This is something that should be practiced. It's not gonna come easy for someone who doesn't speak all the time. It's gonna be something that you slowly got implement. And hopefully from the last episode, you've already identified the types of people you wanna have around you. The support system is very important. And so um, we'll leave it at that. We'll move on to next week and appreciate your time and see you next week. Take care.